Like I, I love when people say, like when kids go, well, I don't, I don't let me make my own mistakes. I'm like, oh, so you think I'm gonna save you from all your mistakes you're gonna make? I might save you from six of them. <laughs> okay. Out of the thousands of mistakes you're gonna make in a lifetime, I might save you from six. Take those six. <laughs> Hi, my name is Cherie, and this is Life is Cherry. Hi, everybody. So I have kind of something cool that we're going to do today with Father's Day coming up. I wanted to talk to my friend, Coach Idris, and um, just get his experience on being someone who's been divorced and going through all of that process with having kids and what it's like to be a dad and be having to raise them, maybe not completely on his own, but having to share that um, experience with exes and just what everything he's gone through. So I'm going to bring Coach Idris in here. Hey. Hi, Idris. How are you? What's up? <laughs> happy, happy summer. It's getting hot out there. It, I don't know about in Utah, but here it's like oh, yeah. six yesterday. Ooh. Oh, man. I, I went to Texas in July one time. Ooh. And that, that, yeah. <laughs> it was like being hit in the face with like this moist, like, steaming towel i don't know what to do like i i was in high school when we went there so my parents actually stayed in the condo and i was the only one out at the pool because they're like we can't breathe when we go outside and i'm like i can't breathe in the pool while i'm it's like, here. it's like you're trying to breathe through cellophane it's like, yeah. <laughs> it gets yeah. bad yeah especially houston houston is i lived in houston in the late 90s i lived in san antonio in the late 80s and i'm up here up by dallas and fort worth so they're all different they all got, you know, Houston and San Antonio are pretty, pretty, pretty equal on the humidity because they're both closer to the Gulf of Mexico. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, the humidity, yeah. you know, New York has its humidity, you know, living there and L.A. and California has their own. It's not as bad, but, you know, in Palm Springs, it's 116. I don't care humidity uh, or not. It's 116. Yeah, I've done, I've been there in June too, and that was a mistake as well. Oh, but it's a dry heat. I'm like, yeah, you just yeah, you just burn to a crisp. Yeah. Out here, you sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to some friends that were actually from Texas that came to this event that I was at this weekend, and they were saying how they were like shriveling up and dying because there was no humidity here because of our Altitude, right? I can't get enough moisture in my skin. Like they're sitting there lotioning up, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is just life to me." <laughs> yeah, out here you sizzle. Out there you just burn. <laughs> oh, wait, there you smell chicken? I smell chicken. Yeah. True, true. I think it's you. <laughs> yeah. But today, I just, I, I really want to know your opinion about a lot of stuff because I know there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't think about when they go through divorce and especially when you have kids involved. And I just want to have a few questions for you and want to know your experience on what you went through. So I kind of have my own opinions, but I've never been divorced. So I don't know if, you know, it's easy to say, Oh, this is the way you should do something. But if you've never been there, then you don't really know how to give the exact advice because you haven't been through it. So, um, so yeah, I just want to know, um, first of all, I mean, how old were your kids when you got divorced? Well, I have two different kids, 10 years apart. So they were different mothers. So my first kid, I was 20. Okay. Wasn't planned, obviously, at 20. For me, it wasn't. But I said, you know, we got married. I was in the military. She was she was getting actually kicked out of the military. So she was already, you know, I would have never done it. I would have never even got involved with someone who was going through struggles like that. But I'm only 20. Yeah. What do I know? <laughs> so... Um, we have the kid. I get married. We stay married. We try to do it. wasn't wasn't right. wasn't going to work. Yeah. And she kind of took off and kind of left me. Took him with her. And then we would, you know, we would split custody for a little while. And then she got kind of caught up in drugs. And and I end up taking him from eleven and just raising him from by myself from eleven. Wow. And um, you know, I I think raising kid. The hardest part about raising kids, people don't. It's not well for for people who actually want to be parents. Yeah. <laughs> Let me preface that. <laughs> um, the hardest part about raising kids is you got to repeat yourself all the time. If you could just say something once and they do it, raising kids would be not so difficult. <laughs> but because you got to say it a thousand times, it drives you nuts. And and I realize as a single parent, you're 
a lot of people sit there and go, well, you're both parents. No, you're not. You're, I'm just a father. I'm not a mother. Okay? Yeah. I don't have what a mother brings. Mm -hmm. I'm doing, yeah, I may be doing motherly tasks that they, that, you know, you would consider a mother does, yeah. but it's not a motherly, that's why a lot of this, you know, as we were talking about transgenders, when they, they kind of have this, this feminist thing where women vacuum, we're tired of the, the culture that women vacuum, women cook. Those are tasks. Those are house chores. Everybody, men, men vacuum, women vacuum. If the carpet needs vacuuming, it doesn't, it's not a gender thing. No. The only reason it look like that is because for the most part, most of time, men were out working and dying young and somebody was at home doing the housely stuff. And yeah. it usually was the woman. It wasn't that it was a woman job. It was that's what what who was home doing that doing those jobs. It's just being a partner and being able to take on the tasks that need to be done. And you have to have that as a couple and make sure that it's, it is, no, it's nobody's right. job to do the laundry. It's yeah. the laundry just needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the laundry needs to be done. Yeah. And like, like I stay, I work from home. So my girlfriend's at school. She's a, she's a teacher. She's at school. Well, she doesn't teach, but she's a teacher. She's, you know, she's an, a, 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 um, an administrator. So yeah. she's out working all day. So I do the laundry. I do the dishes because I'm here and I can get it done. It ain't my job. It's just, I'm like, well, why would you, why would I have you out all day when all I got to do in between, I can take a break and go do dishes real quick, get them out the sink. Yeah. Right? So, um, so I never, so when people, you know, say that I hate it, but yeah. that's really what it being a, being a single dad for me was you're doing all of it. You just, you, you're responsible for all of it. Yeah. And you gotta, and you can't, I had a, I was a single dad with my boy. When I had my daughter, me and her mom didn't work out. So she so she got to raise her and I got to be the father. That, so she that's how, the way I think it should be. She needs to be there to teach her how to be a woman. Yeah. I had to teach my son how to be a man. And then I had girlfriends that would be that motherly side that I do not have. And I stayed very involved with my daughter. So she always had the fatherly side. So yeah. both of my kids always had some representation of uh, of a parent, of a mother and a father around. So I, I think single parents that don't do that are really doing their kids a disservice because you've got to have that, that yin to that yang. You yes. have to have it. So that's actually one of the things that I fully believe in. I believe that even if you get divorced, and I've, I've had conversations with many of my divorced friends, men and women, and um, one of the things that I've seen through just those conversations is those who keep a good relationship, even if they hate the other person that they divorce, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Even if that happens, they, some people will use the kids to win things with their ex, right? Which is ridiculous. Which, <laughs> yeah. And it, the fact is, is that it actually just hurts the kids in the end. Well, that's why I, that's why I prefaced people who actually want to be parents. Yeah. Because if you really... You know, my daughter's mother, you know, she won't, she probably won't see this, but if she was to see it, you know, I don't, I don't lie about anything. So whether somebody gets mad or not, I don't really care because I'm not lying. And I'm also not dogging people out. We all make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but she didn't like that I left because she just wasn't happy in relationships. She just didn't know how to be in them. She had been in some bad ones and I came along and, you know, so it just didn't work. Nobody's fault. It just didn't work. Um, but she didn't like it. And she was making things a little hard on me for about three years. Mm -hmm. And I went off one day and I was like, look, this ain't about you and me no more. This is about her. Yeah. We need to do this for her. You're an adult. You don't need me. I'm an adult. I don't need you, but she needs us. <laughs> okay. uh, 100%. She needs us. So we need to do this for her. And yeah. then she, she agreed and she changed. And now we're great friends. We can talk. We can do, we have, we always do, we do, we've done all the Christmases together as my daughter was getting, now my daughter's 25 and I got a second grandchild coming. But my daughter didn't experience all that crap yeah. that a lot of kid that, that a lot of people put their kids through. I would travel up like when she, before she started school, she would come visit me in Houston. She would spend an entire month every three months, and then when she started school, she couldn't do that. So I would fly up, and her mother would take off. I'd be like, she'd leave her car at the airport, tell me where her car was. I'd drive and stay at her house while she goes hang out and gets a break, and then she'd fly in. I'd be like, okay, your car is over here, and I'd fly back home. Yeah. So we made it happen because it wasn't, it wasn't, it's not about you. It's so not did, nothing to do with you. So how did that conversation go? Like, what did you, I mean, I think that's something huge that 
my, a lot of my friends are dealing with right now and having that conversation to say, Hey, let's get on the same page. And, um, it's more about that. Was it like, how hard of a conversation was that for you? That's see, that's the part that I really can't help anybody with on one tip on one, for one reason only depends on who you're talking to and it depends on you and how you talk. Yeah. Okay. I'm, as you, as you know, and anyone else has watched our show, I'm pretty to the point. (laughs) I don't, yeah, I'm pretty to the point and I make sense. I have a lot of common sense. So I don't talk about things from my emotional point of view. I talk about what needs to be spoken about, not my opinion or my feelings or my emotions about what we're doing, what we, what needs to be done, whether I have to take a backseat sometimes well, you have to take a, b- a back seat sometimes. It doesn't matter. We take the back seat when we're supposed to take the back seat. So yeah. my daughter is always getting the, the the benefit. We don't. We don't. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I. It doesn't matter. All that matters is it, it works for her and it benefits her. So that's the problem. Is a lot of times people are trying to hurt the other person. Like I told her, look, we got into this relationship as human beings. Why can't we walk away as human beings? Yeah. Just because it didn't work out doesn't mean we got to act like this. And a lot of people would say, well, you don't know what they did. Who cares at this point? That's why you left. Mm -hmm. This is what people don't get. If you're in a relationship where the person is cheating and doing whatever the heck they're doing and you leave, that's why you left. Why would you want to keep fighting about it? Yeah. You want to keep fighting about something that's not happening anymore? We broke up four years ago and you still arguing with me because of what happened 10 years ago. That makes abs- that makes no sense. It's kind and of like- kid, And the kid is suffering. Yeah. The kid is suffering. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you're the one who recommended the book to me, The Untethered Soul. And it's pretty much that exact thing that they talk about in the book, where if you let that thing keep being something that emotionally drives you in certain directions in your life and cause anger and cause all that pain, you can't focus really on the important part of the situation, which is the child. You can't see what's in front of you because you're too busy looking back here. Yeah. It's like, it's like driving down the street doing this. Yeah. And people live their lives driving down the street doing this. Yeah. Like, I can't move forward. You can't go forward looking over your You have to actually stop, put the brakes on, put your car in park to look over your shoulder. Or yeah. put your foot on the brake to look over your shoulder. People live their entire lives with their foot on the brake. <laughs> yeah. Looking over their shoulder, not moving anywhere past 1992. Mm-hmm. They're still in 1992, even though it's 2022. Maybe even reversing to go back to, like, 1988. <laughs> No, people, if, people could, if people could reverse it, we'd all be reversing. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I see. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can reverse, but we can definitely stop and, yeah. and, in the past and stay there. And yeah. actually, that's how I dated. When I dated people, like they don't know this, they might now. <laughs> but every person that I met, like a lot of women would get scared. They'd be like, oh, you're. You, those are red flags. You move too fast. They they didn't like all the questions I asked. They yeah. thought me asking a lot of questions was me moving fast. What it was, was I didn't want to waste my time. Yeah. So I wanted to know who you were. So I didn't waste my time. Yeah. Not who you want to be, who you are right now today. Yeah. So I would ask questions about their past. Tell me about your relationship. Tell me about your ex. Tell me about it. I just wanted to hear them talk about it. Yeah. I didn't even care what they had to say. It was how they said it. Mm-hmm. And if they said it with anger and it was five years ago, they don't let things go, which means they're going to do the same thing to me. Yeah. If you can't let that go, we're in a, we're in a poly relationship because I'm in a relationship with you and your ex. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of relationships are like that. They're in a relationship yeah. with the person and their ex both ways. There's guys who do it and there's women who do it. Yeah. I see it all the time. I have friends that I talk to and and that's hard. It's hard to give advice when you've never been through that. But I see it happen all the time. And I'm like, you have to heal from that. You've got to remove yourself from that past experience or it's going to control every everything that you do for your relationship in the future. And it, it, this is how this is how amazing people are that they that they don't get this. You're so hell bent on living your own life. Right. This person was in your life. You feel that they were controlling your life when you allowed them to control your life. 
I love when people act like they had nothing to do with it. No, you allowed it. Okay. So you you allowed it. You let them do this. You didn't say uh, hell to the no, I'm Audi 5. And you didn't do that. You hung in there. Okay. Try to make it work. So don't get mad because you hung in there trying to make it work. Don't get mad at them because you hung in there. Yeah. You get mad at yourself for hanging in there, but don't get mad at them. Yeah. Because when you get mad at yourself, you start to own, you start to honor yourself. You start going, I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. When you keep blaming other people, you think they're responsible. So you're afraid to move forward because you never take responsibility. I know I created my mess. So I knew I can move into a new relationship because I wasn't going to create that mess again. Yeah. But if I kept blaming everybody else, I would feel like, no, I can't move forward because somebody else is always, somebody else always has control over my relationships. Yeah. So most people can't move forward because they never take ownership of their relationship. So they keep talking about this dude who used to control them. They haven't been in their lives in five years and they still have control over you. (laughs) And they're not even here no more. And they still have control over you. The memory is controlling you. They don't know how much more free their life could be if they just let that control out of their lives. And they don't know how. No, most people don't know how, and and it's it's actually pretty simple, even though people people might not think it's simple. It is really simple. You just do. You just go. That was then. Now is now. That was then. Now is now. I was younger. I was less experienced. Like people go, they'll go. Well, I fell for that. I'm like, yeah, but you know how to. You know, there was a time when you didn't know how to tie your shoes, but you know how to tie your shoes now. I don't see you spending the rest of your life going, God, I can't get these shoes tied. <laughs> right? You There's realize, oh, I learned how, learn how to tie my shoes now. So any experience that you had before, you didn't know anymore. You didn't know any better. Yeah. So you should know more now. So why would you make the same mistake you made before? You yeah. shouldn't make the same mistakes unless you're not owning your mistakes. If you don't own your role in accepting that relationship, if you don't own your part, and staying in that relationship, if you don't, once you knew they were, like people say, but they lied so much. I'm like, yeah. And then there came a day when you knew they were lying. What did you do then? Because <laughs> I know I went through that. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that though, because I think that's a huge part of it is owning up to the fact that I played a part in what happened in that. And I think that's really the only reason you way you can release that out of your life because all of a sudden you're taking the control from that other person and you're saying, I have control over what my part was in that. And this is how I can heal from it and I can move forward and not let that heavy weight still upon be upon me every day. So I love and that. You, and you're going to make mistakes. Just like, you know, um, you know, our topic of being a single parent, you, you, do you really think you're not going to make mistakes? Like I look at my son, right? My son is 35. He'll be 36 in October. And how I raised him and how I raised my daughter, first of all, boy and girl, two different things. Yeah. Um, Completely different. Him, 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 a borderline kind of savant kind of kid, super, super, super smart. Mm -hmm. Her smart. I mean, both A students, both did great. Both had great lives so far. I mean, he was, he made the voice in Germany. He was an Arabic linguist, did counterterrorism for 10 years at NSA. He's writing for artists, you know. She's top basketball player in the country. I mean, they both had great freaking lives so far, but they were different people. And I raised them. I raised, I'm very strict, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. very strict. But with my daughter, she was a pleaser. So you didn't really have to do much with her. All you got to do is tell her what you expected. And she just did it. Yeah. My son, the the sky is blue. No, it's not. It's aqua. (laughs) What? You have one of those too? (laughs) It's blue-ish. So, so so with him, I was, you know, it was harder with him. And but I was also younger. Yeah. So I so I harped more with him. Mm-hmm. And and as I got older, I had friends that was like, dude, you do know your son hears you, right? Like it's getting you mad and you keep, but he does hear you. He just don't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh so I had to learn to say it once and back off. Say it once and back off. You know, and that was my my learning curve. I had to actually grow. I tell people all the time, there came a point when I had to grow up yeah. as a father. I had to grow up. So being a single parent, I think, is only hard when you don't, when you're not willing to learn and grow along with your kid. Yeah, I think that's huge because I, I've had some moments lately. I have two teenagers and I 
I kind of went to my mom and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing raising teenagers. Are they boys or girls? Um, what my oldest is a boy and then my next is a girl. So I feel like I'm constantly messing up with my oldest. And it's just because I realized I had to come to a place where I realized this is my first time parenting a teenager and I have a lot to learn and I have to be able to say, Hey, I made this mistake and I have to learn from this mistake and do this better as a parent. And I have no guilt and I did, and I know, and I did things wrong, but I have no guilt because it was the only time I think a person should have guilt when it comes to something like this is when they know they were being wrong. They know they were doing the wrong shit. Yeah. But if you were doing it from the heart. Yeah. That's all you know. I was 22 years old. 20, what the hell do I know about raising a kid? Right? Yeah. Of course I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah. So I don't, so even my son came to me and was like, dad, when he saw how I was, how I was with my daughter, mm -hmm. he actually came to me and was like, dad, I want to tell you, you're doing a great job. You've changed a lot since raising me. He goes, with me, you were just too hard, blah, blah, blah. He, but you're different with her. And I go, well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I said, but keep in mind, you're all on exactly the same kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a pleaser and you challenged everything. I have both like, of those. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you're right. So, exactly so, like so we all we all grew. He grew. I grew. You know, we, we all grow. Yeah. So one of my next questions actually plays into We all should grow. Let me change that. Yeah. Um, one of the questions, kind of going back to what you said a little bit ago. Um how was it dating and incorporating those you were dating into the lives of your children? That's another quite big I think, You know, the, I think that's a big one. And here's a problem with being a single parent. This is the problem that a lot of women are having right now. Um, you know, women having it tough right now. It's kind of weird how I see, I mean, this is at least my opinion of what I see going on with women. Like women have fought for, you know, being looked at as peers to men forever. I think, and I think it's ridiculous to call it equality because nothing's equal, but at least, you know, be respected for the things that we do, respect you all for the things that you do, don't hold you back. You know, as a black person, we kind of we know what women feel like. Stop holding us back in this country. Let us, you know, I'm not, don't give me a handout, but don't stop me either. Mm -hmm. You know, don't stop me either. I don't want your handouts, but don't stop me either. Exactly. So, so I think that women, when they, when they, Single mothers are trying to raise kids and trying to find a father in their lives. But a lot of them don't allow the man to be the father. They don't allow it. Mm. And that's very hard. Any, any man who really gets it, I always tell people, getting with a person with little kids is not easy. That is a huge issue. Because mm. number one, you don't have any rights. None. Yeah. That woman at any time could say, you know what? You can't see the kids and you can't even really argue it. Yeah. But you're responsible for them. You still got to pay for those kids. And and you, but you, so a lot of women have you in their lives, but they don't allow you to parent. They don't allow you to do what you got to do to raise those kids. They put, they put a limit, a lid on how much you can say and how much you can do. And if anything like me, that don't work because that's, I expect, especially raising boys, I won't tell you how to raise that girl. Oh, but I, I'm gonna. I, I, if this, if they're representing me and they're living in a house that I'm paying all the goddamn bills in, and if they get in trouble, they come in and knock on my door. And no, no, no. Then they're gonna, they're gonna be raised the way I think they should be raised, and how to be responsible, respect women, handle their business, get off their butt. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna be a, you're gonna be a man. You're gonna do what men do, and that's don't be crying. Get up and handle your business. Yeah. You know, don't put your hands on women, you know, say just those type of things. Yeah. Women do not do a good job at that when they raise boys. Mm -mm. So even though it's hard for a guy to take on that chat, that, that job, because it's not an easy one, because the woman has to let, if your women don't find a guy, then they're raising guys who don't know any, they're not hearing those words. They're not hearing those adult man words. Yeah. Like my father didn't play. My father talked to my sisters different than he talked to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I talked to my son different than I talked to my daughter. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what you need to be doing as a dude. When my daughter was like, ah, you can, yeah, it's okay, honey. 
<laughs> Jay wrapped around your finger, her finger, right? <laughs> no, I didn't do that either. Because if I do that, I'm, di I'm doing her a disservice as well. Yeah. The one thing I didn't do, a lot of people are like, oh, I bet she's wrapped. I go, I bet she ain't. <laughs> I go, no. I go, if she's handling her business, why do I, I don't need to say anything anyway. Yeah. But if you think like she's going to just be out acting buck wild crazy and I'm going to be like, oh, it's my daughter. You're crazy because I'm still responsible at the end of the day for how I raise her. So yeah. with my daughter, I always tell fathers this. If you have a girl, you need you can you can't teach her how to be a woman, but you do teach her how she should be treated by men. Yeah. So I told her when you I said, I don't care who you bring home, but if he don't treat you like I do, don't bring him home. <laughs> And the first guy she brought to that table was 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 amazing. And they're married, having a second kid right now. The first one, her first real wow. boyfriend. Wow. <laughs> he is a gem. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but and she knew too, because when I when she told me about him, it was funny. They were in college. He was. This is a parent, you know, teaching lesson. Mm -hmm. um, nobody wanted to tell me that they were five years apart. He was twenty three. She was eighteen. And the month, like her mother didn't want, nobody wanted to tell me. And I'm like, I'm the most reasonable person out of all of y'all. <laughs> I know how that goes though. Cause when I went to college, I dated a guy that was 10 years older than me. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell my parents that I'm dating this guy. I kept it a secret because I knew what my dad was going to feel. And what well, he was no, say. 10 years, I might've had a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but he was five. Um, and I said, you know, but nobody wants to tell me. And I, but see, I, you know, we talked about your father a little bit. He's a little, you know, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm probably very, I'm probably the most reasonable person in my whole family. Yeah. I'm just reasonable. I'm like, I get it. I may not like it, but I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I go, look, in 10 years, those five years won't matter. Yeah. So if they're not going to matter, actually in three years, 25 and 20 won't matter. Yeah. So I'm not, if it don't matter in two years, I'm not going to let it, I ain't going to let it matter right now. He's 23, you're 18. I said, however, I do need to know where his head is. Now, she had just started college basketball. She had a full four-year guaranteed scholarship to play D1 basketball at University of San Diego. So she just gets there, and he's living in Portland. She's down in San Diego, and I'm like, I need to talk to him. I said, I need to know where his head is. I need to understand where you are, what we, what we still, you're still on our watch. When you graduate from college, y'all can do your thing. But until you graduate, you're still on our watch. Yeah. I need him. I need him to understand those things, and he needs to. He needs to continue what we started until you graduate, and then we'll back off. Yeah. So I called him up, and I was like, I said, so if he decides not to talk to you, this is the conversation we're having. She was like, I'm fine. I'm cool with it. So <laughs> she already knew. She already knew what she was, what he was like. So I called him up. We had a talk. I said, look, you're a good looking kid. You're 23. I don't want her wondering where you at because she's texting you 12, one in the morning and you out running with your homies. I go, if that's where you are, which I completely understand if it is, yeah. leave her out of it. Leave yeah. her out of it. She has school to do. You was a college, he was a college athlete. I said, you know how hard it is to keep those grades up and travel and do all that stuff. And I said, so if you're not going to continue what we did, leave her out of it until you're ready. Yeah. He was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he, when he was, he packed up his stuff, moved to San Diego, got three jobs. I was like, shit, okay, <laughs> all right. That's awesome. So he proved his worth right away and it's not, not ever been a problem. So a lot of times you can't get caught up in your stuff forgetting that your kid is not you. So she she's not me. She, You know what I'm saying? So I was like, no, I trust your thinking. I already know what kind of kid I raised. Yeah. I really know what kind of kid I am. I'm the same way with my kids. I want to make sure, like, even when my kids go shopping for their clothes, I want them to be able to pick their clothes and know why they're picking the clothes that they're going to wear. Because that's very important to me. Because when you are raised in an environment where you're like, it's so strict, where you're not able to allow your kids to actually make choices for themselves, they start to question, why am I making these choices for myself? And I think it's important to teach them why they want these certain things, why they want to pick a man that's going to have that respect, you know, why it's important to have that man instead of saying, no, you can't date that guy, but you need to date this guy over here. And they just don't understand. Another problem parents have is they don't know when to let go. And I believe that every year a kid is on earth, one more year, you can give them more responsibility. I'm talking about starting at two. Yeah. Okay. 
Like when my daughter turned two, I didn't put her toys away. She put them away. I'm like, if you can drag all that shit out, you can drag all that shit back. <laughs> and so every year, by the time, you know, like I said, I raised my son just, you know, when he was in the fifth grade, I didn't get him dressed in the morning for school. He got dressed. He knew how to get dressed. I put it, I'd lay his clothes out so it matches, you know, obviously. But I'd lay his stuff out. I'd put his bowl of cereal in the refrigerator, a cup of milk next to it. He would get up, brush his teeth, wash his face, get dressed, get his books, eat breakfast, and be sitting by the door with his book bag. And I can just get myself ready. Yeah. You know, you see so many parents, they're running around trying to do everything. And I'm like, that kid is that kid is big enough to do what that little bit of stuff that he that he needs to do to get ready. And have trust that they can do it and allow them. I mean, they have to learn those skills the earlier the better. But, but, but see, you don't even have to worry about trust when you're inducing it the entire time because you're watching it happen. And a lot of people don't think about this. I always tell people, look, you have, okay, for all you parents out there, and this is just real, you don't have that long to indoctrinate your kid into thinking the right way. Yeah. You don't have that long. You actually have about eight, nine years of undivided attention yeah. from the age of like two to three to about 12. Mm-hmm. Because once they get to high school, all that other stuff starts to come in the, come into their ears. Yeah. So from two to 12, they're pretty much all yours. And if you don't put the right stuff in, and also I think you control children when they're not around you by two things. Fear. I always said there's a healthy fear. You got to have, your kids have to have a healthy fear of you. And um, fear of consequences or um, what's the other one? I can't think of it right now. It'll come to me. But because when, when they leave you, when they, oh, oh, and respect, they have to respect you. Yeah. Okay. Because when you get older, you, you don't, they're going out the house. So what, so like now, like you would never see me committing robberies. Because I'd be like, if my mother knew I was doing that, I would not want her, you know, I can look in her in the eye. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm robbing banks, mom. She's like, I raised you like that. So if they don't have respect for you, they don't care about that. Yeah. They don't care. They'll, they'll do anything because they don't. They don't. They don't respect you. Yeah. It was only fear of consequences once they leave the house. And if they don't fear the consequences and they have no respect for you, you have a kid out there doing anything, anything. Yeah, it's funny because I had this experience just a couple of weeks ago where my daughter. It was their last week of school, and nobody really shows up the last week of school, right? So she's at school and she texts me and she's like, "How mad would you be at me if I skipped class today?" Like my daughter is actually asking me to be able to skip class. Right. And I'm like, the fact that she actually cares so much because of those two things, like the fear and the respect, like she knew if I found out what would happen. Right. And so she wanted to know. And I said, no, you better be in class, you know, because I don't know who she's going to be hanging out with when she's going wherever. And besides that, why would you mess your attendance up for another day or two, right? Yeah, so it it was just funny that even though she kind of wanted to feel that freedom and that rebellious part of her, she still was like, I still want to know how my mom's going to feel about this. And I I love that. I love that she still wanted to reach out to me because she respects what's going to happen if I find out about it. And, and for you out there, like a lot of people don't, don't understand the fear part. It's not, I'm scared of my father. Yeah. It's, I don't want my father upset with me. I don't want him mad. I don't want him looking at me. I don't want that. That's yeah. the fear I'm talking about. Because I never put my hands on my kids. It ain't that kind of fear. Yeah. I was two guys, I was 280 pounds. I can't put my hands on nobody. <laughs> I used to punch my friends in the arm and they'd be like, damn, dude. <laughs> I was like, okay, if it hurt you, then I definitely can't hit my kids. <laughs> Yeah, so, but it needs to be there for sure. It has that's to. The only, dude, that's the, that's the only way they have to have in the back of their head. What if my mother found out? What if my father found out? Would they be okay with this? And I'm telling you, if you don't have that, when they get over 18, 20 years old, that's when you have kids out there doing whatever. They don't even think. Like, look how you're thinking twice about your podcast and what, because you actually care what your parents think. <laughs> If you didn't care what your parents thought, you'd just be out there doing anything and not worrying about, yeah. you know, how they feel about it. I mean, like, again, you can't tell people how to feel and you don't stop living your life for that reason. But you got to at least consider it, care enough to talk to the person, care enough yeah. to, you know, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I know, you, you know, this isn't your thing, but this is what I got to do. At least you got to have the respect of that person 
and your parents did that with you. My parents did that with me. Mm-hmm. I did that with my kids. You know, like I tell people, if you, in 18 years, you have to put a responsible person on earth that's not a burden on society. Yeah. That is not easy. Y'all need, people need to stop taking that lightly on how quick that time moves. Time moves fast when kids are growing up. Before you know it, they're graduating high school and they're out there. Yeah. And now this crazy, mean, jacked up world is putting a beat down on them. And that's when you see a lot of people who just struggle all, you you have anybody in your life that never is always struggling with something? Always. Mm-hmm. 50 years old struggling. I, my, I had uncles, I had th- three relatives, my father's, two of his sisters and one of his, bro- his brother. They struggled every day until they died. Every day of their life, it was a struggle. Yeah. I'm like, damn, like they never got it together. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like that, you know, who never yeah. get it together. And sometimes it's the parents' fault, sometimes it's not. But yeah. if you're a parent, you have to consider you know, what am I doing? You know, am I raising a child to respect themselves and others? Do, you know, do I, am I come like, I'm perfectly comfortable. I never think about my kids' safety. I never worry about them. Like, I know parents that do, (laughs) they're always worried about their grown kids. Yeah. I never. I told my girlfriend, I was like, do you know how good it feels to never worry about your kids? <laughs> oh my gosh, I had an experience about that when I was living in Hawaii. So I was working at the hotel that I worked at and I worked in the marketing department and I would get phone calls from people to help others have like, just get information for going to different excursions and stuff like that, right? So this mom calls me one day and I'm like, hello, what can I help you with? You know, And she's like, so my my son is there with his girlfriend and I've heard just that Hawaii is such a dangerous place and I need you to go to their room. I need you to knock on the door and I need you to plan out like their whole trip and make sure that it's safe and that and tell them what areas they need to go in. Like she's like all of a sudden, like trying to control their vacation that they're taking for their honeymoon through me. And I'm like, okay, like the thing that I had to tell her is I'm like, you know, I live here. And I know your concerns. It's not a place that you know, but I guarantee you if they're here on this trip together, they're probably adult enough to make their own choices so that they can go do these things on their own. And you kind of just need to let them do that. She did not want to hear that. She was so angry with me. And that's her fault. Like, why are you so concerned about your, you, if you I always tell people, if you really, really did your job and you did the best you can, then you need to go on your life and go do your thing and let them go. It's yeah. only the people who know that they haven't done that work. Yeah. They haven't done the work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't do the work. And they don't do it because they want to be nice. I didn't. I told my son when he was a kid, I don't care if you like me. Well, too, they want to overprotect them, right? They want to like keep them sheltered from the world. And then when they finally set them free, they're scared to death. Scared to death. Like, I didn't wait, I didn't teach them how to do this. I didn't teach them how to do that. And it's like clean, well, cook, iron, take care. I know how to sew. My mother taught me how to sew. Okay, I can go to the store, I can go to Joanne's Fabrics and buy fabric, <laughs> get a simplicity pattern, and make a freaking shirt. <laughs> wait, are you gonna make me a shirt one day, Andres? Maybe you should make me a shirt, Adrius. So I do I not enjoy that at all, but I do know how to do it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Anything I actually like that stuff. But she was like, I want you to be able to take care of yourself. I love so that. She taught me how to cook, clean. Like, I know how to clean. Like, I actually move stuff when I clean. Uh, <laughs> actually clean behind the toilet. <laughs> but but a lot of people, like, when, they, when they're raising their kids, a lot of, and a lot of women do this too. They like to be friends with their kids instead of raising them. My daughter's mother was doing that for a minute too. And I had a real good talk to her about that when my daughter was six, cause she was starting to talk back and be fresh. And she was like talking back to her boyfriend. Her mother calls me one day and she's like, you know, you need to talk to your daughter. She's this, 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 that. And she's talking back. So I put her on the phone and I was like, Hey, what's up? She's like, Hey, and I'm like, did you blah, blah, blah. And She's like, yeah. And I'm like, are you supposed to be doing that? She's like, no. I'm like, then why are you doing it? She's like, I don't know. Because <laughs> she gets away with it, right? She's like, I'm in control of the situation, dad. But, but, she, but she was honest. She's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, do me a favor. I said, don't be doing that. Yeah. 
you know, and I, I don't know my exact words because she was, you know, she was six. But I said, look, don't be doing that, blah, blah. So, but I put her mother back on the phone. I said, put your mother back on the phone. And she's like, hey. And I was like, she was, what happened? And I was like, well, I asked her this and this. And what did she say? She said, she don't know. She was like, yeah, I don't know. I go, oh, I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, what? I'm like, because you're letting her do it. Yeah. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, she don't act like that over here. When she comes over here, you know what would normally happen when my kids would come see me? Like when my son was younger before I took him and when my daughter come visit me, they would still be in that mommy mode. Yeah. And I would like, I go, hey, hey, look around. They look around I'm like, whose house are you at? Daddy's house? How do we act at daddy's house? <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what they would say. Aha. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like with any relationship that you have, especially with your kids, you are teaching them how they should treat you by the way you react to anything that they are doing with you. So if your kids are responding in a certain way and they do it over and over again, and you're usually allowing that behavior to happen and you're not putting a stop to it. They also it. mimic your behavior. They mimic your yeah. behavior. Like when my daughter was small and she would fall, like some people, anytime a kid falls, they react like the kid just fell off a building. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know when your kid falls hard and when they don't. Yeah. So when she would fall, I could tell, like, if it was like, if it was a hit, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I know that hurt. <laughs> I'd come over. But if it was just a fall, she'd look at me and I start laughing. <laughs> she would fall and I'd be like, <clears throat> and I would laugh and she'd go, Not she'd, start, she'd start to cry. she starts to cry and she'd go, ah, and then she start laughing. <laughs> Because I didn't want her, because the thing is this, is you, you actually teach them how to respond to stuff. Yeah. People don't realize that would relate with, with adults. A good example is holidays. What does everyone say about the holidays? What's the typical thing that people say about the holidays? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with it. It's a sad time. Oh, okay. It's a depressing time. The holidays, like, like they're saying the holidays it's a depressing time. Like the stressful time of the year. Yeah. Well, people, because a lot of when people pass away during the holidays, um, always like, oh, depressed. the holidays can be so depressed. My father and his father passed away on Christmas morning, both of them. Not the same morning, but they both, him, my grandfather, 84, my father, 2000. So the first thing people would say to me is, oh my God, how was Christmas? Like, And I'm like, Christmas is fine. Why would Christmas not be fine? Yeah. Oh, because your parents, I'm like, what, if they died on March 3rd, it would have been better? Like, what? You, it's, yeah. it's just, a, it just happens to be the day they die. Yeah. I'm going to ruin Christmas for myself and everybody around me for the rest of my life because they just happen to die on Christmas. Yeah. That's a, that's a choice. Mm -hmm. And my friend, and I told a friend of mine, and he goes, he goes, I guess it is just how you look at it. I go, everything is how you look at it. <laughs> I go, they happen to die on Christmas. I go, my my running joke is, I don't know what year I'm going to die, but I know what day I'm going to die. <laughs> you better make every Christmas morning. I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> I'm going from the 24th to 26th. <laughs> but I feel of things that are, that are out of everybody's control. It yeah. just... Both, I never made it a big deal, never. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that was a choice. That was a decision I made to not make that a big deal. And I said, you know what? I think about my father on his birthday. That's actually the day he was born and came into the world and created me. That's, a, that's actually a good day. Yeah, that's a. If I'm gonna think yeah. about my father on a day, I think I should think about him on a good day, not yeah. his last day. That makes no sense. And yeah. some people fixate on people's deaths more than they do their life. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And they celebrate it. Like they celebrate their death. I'm going to the funeral home. Why are you going to the First of all, what are you looking down for if they're supposed to be in heaven? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking down and they're supposed to be in heaven. So when you're at home, you look up. When you're at the cemetery, you look down. Where are they? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I always have this joke with my husband. I'm like, when I die, we're not going to have a funeral. We're going to do it like weekend at Bernie's. I'm just going to be like this yeah. body hanging out on just the keep beach. me around for a little bit. Party with me in Vegas. 
Yeah, then then just go cremate me or get rid of me somehow. Like, make it a party, make it a celebration because please I'm, don't, please I I, be sad. Okay, I understand I'm gone. Be sad, but please don't. I'm gonna die. I have to. I'm supposed to die. Yeah. If I don't die, then you might want to be worrying about me. Like, why isn't he dying? <laughs> <laughs> you might have some doctors after you at that point. <laughs> why isn't he dying? No, there ain't nobody coming around. They're gonna think I'm a vampire or something. <laughs> <They're true. laughs> Why isn't he dying? <laughs> so I, I just learned to look at things for what they actually are, not what everybody tells me they are. Yeah. And a lot of people will tell you how to respond to things, to cry when this happens or act this way. That's why in my business with weight training, helping people lose weight, people actually believe because their family had history is obesity that they're supposed to be obese. I'm like, no, yeah. you'll all eat horribly. Like that has nothing to do with this. Like, oh, because everybody was an alcoholic, you have to be an alcoholic? If everybody was a fireman, you have to be a fireman? <laughs> like, I mean, it's really, really, people don't realize that half the times they're following what people say they should do. Yeah. And then they wonder why they're miserable. You know, I like raising kids. You have to figure out how to raise your kid. Mm -hmm. You got to pay attention to your kid. You got to know, understand what kind of kids you have. Yeah. Whether way that he's a self-starter or he needs to be pushed, then you got to learn how to push him because you because I made all those mistakes. I pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and pushed him because he wasn't showing. He was always you know taking the easy road out because he was so freaking smart. So finally, he went to the Air Force and turned it around. And then since then, I had to say a word to him. Yeah. <laughs> he just. I mean, he goes to this Arabic class and he's number one in the class and he doesn't even, he doesn't study. He's not even studying. He's falling asleep in class, getting A's wow. in full immersion Arabic. Wow. Every 17 days was a college semester of information at, at DLI in Monterey, California. And he's fall, his friend came to visit and he was like, this dude's a genius, man. He's falling asleep. He goes, I'm, he goes, I'm cramming and I can barely pass. And he's freaking waking up out of his sleep, getting A's. And I looked at him, I'm like, I'm like, do you have a photographic memory or what? He's like, I don't know, Dad. I just, I remember everything. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I know that every, you know, every child, and I've experienced this, that every child is so different. And you're going to parent each child differently. Like my son, I knew what motivated my son. I was like, okay, if you do this, I take this away. Or if you do this, I'll give you this dollar or something, right? With my daughter, it was completely different. She hated wearing dresses, right? And I would try to punish her the same way or put her in a timeout or whatever, the same way I would do it with my son. And she would just be like, oh, well, I feel tired anyway. I'll just sit on the chair because I want to rest. Right. And it would infuriate me because I'm like, I couldn't get to her. And finally, I figured out that the only way I could get to her and make her like want to listen to me was I was like, you know what? If you don't listen, you're wearing a dress for the rest of the week. And she all of a sudden was like, yeah. I'm listening, mom. What do, what do you want me to do? And that was like the power behind her. So that's, that's another, that's a, I, I, I had the same experience. He was fooling around in school because he was in gifted programs. He was in Gates programs. He skipped the grade. Everything was always easy. And that's the worst kid who's bored in class. Yeah. They're going to start talking and everything. Mm. So he's bringing, he's bringing a couple of C's home and I'm like, C. Nah, you ain't bringing those C's home. Well, C is passing. I'm like, yeah, for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> not for you. Yeah. What do you, what, why are you bringing home C's? Well, I'm, you're not doing your homework? Well, I'm doing it. I'm just not turning it in. You're doing it, but you're not turning. I said, I thought I, I was, <laughs> if I didn't turn homework in, it's because I didn't even do it. <laughs> oh, it's the same reason. They they just think they can get away from that without excuse, right? <laughs> Well, well, the thing is, is he just didn't care. Like he just stopped caring and, yeah. and he was getting C's and his, he's like, well, and he was talking about his sister. Well, she got it. She didn't get a straight A's. I'm like, yeah, but she struggles in math. So when she gets a B, it's a hard B. She worked her butt off of that B. Yeah. You're getting C's cause you just don't want to do the work. You, just don't want to do the work. you did the homework. You just don't want to, and nothing worked. I, I took everything away. I And I used to work in a prison. I was like, dude, you know, I worked in a prison, right? I will strip your room down like a cell. You will have nothing but a carpet and a window. <laughs> you know, nothing worked. I took away, I took everything away and nothing worked. 
And then one day I remembered he came in and he was speaking to one of my clients and my, he was in a, he was a sophomore mm -hmm. and she had a, her daughter or friend's daughter was a freshman. So she asked him, did he know her? And he had a, he was a late bloomer. He was short most of his life. And uh -huh. finally he grew up and he used to get teased. He didn't tell me this at the time, but yeah. years later he told me he used to get teased in school because he used to have pictures of me all over his notebook, magazine pictures and covers. And he used to have all that stuff on his mat. So, they, oh, you don't look like your dad. You'll never be like your dad. He's big. And so he used to get teased a lot, which I didn't know. Yeah. So she's telling him about her this girl. And he's like, what grade is she in? Oh, she's a freshman. He's like, oh, I don't know any freshmen. I only hang out with the, the sophomores and the juniors. you know. And I'm So I remember he said that. And I'm like, okay, check this out. Since you obviously don't want to handle get, get off your ass and handle your business, I said, I'm just going to leave you back in the 10th grade because you skipped the you skipped the sixth grade. You belong. You actually belong in the ninth grade right now. I go, so you know all those ninth graders you don't talk to? You're going to be sitting next to them next year in class. <laughs> yeah. That worked. That worked. That worked. A, tear, a tear started coming down his eye. I was like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> because his image, I was now I was challenged his image in school. Because yep. he was trying to uphold this freaking image. And I was like, because I used to say to him, why do you care more about what they think about you than what I think about you? Yeah. You seem to care more about what your friends think about you than your parents than I think about you, which is driving me nuts. Yeah. So you, you, that's exactly what I had to do. And a lot of people, they just don't understand. You have to know your kid. You have to figure it out. You have to go, okay, how do I get them to respond to what I'm saying? Because when they're not, if you don't figure it out, guess what? They're going to go on in life with this this inability to, to write their ship mm -hmm. and you got to hope they figure it out. Look how many people we know as adults can't write their ship. They can't do it. They have no, they don't have that ability to look inside themselves and say, you know what? You're not good at this. You're yeah. really bad at this. You know, that's why it's hard to talk to a lot of people about relationships because they don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to stop and go, I'm the problem. Yeah. I'm the problem. I keep, they go, well, it's, I, it's who you pick. Yeah, you pick them. Exactly. <laughs> but they were lying and you bought the lies. Uh, like they never, they don't, they, they can't do that. Yeah. So you got to raise your kids to be honest with themselves, which means you have to be honest with them mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. All the time. That's why you, you, you know me as I'm, I don't lie to my clients. If they're doing great, I tell if I say you're doing great, don't a lot of people go, oh, you're just saying that. I'm like, oh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not me. If you weren't doing great, that's exactly what you'd be hearing from me. Yeah. I'd be like, what are you doing? What's going on? Why aren't you? I've said that I've had that talk with clients. I say, I don't enjoy that talk. Yeah. I don't enjoy looking at somebody going, can I talk? We need to talk after this workout. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I've had people in the, you know, 15 years older than me and I'm talking to them like they're 30 years younger than me and like they're a child. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, well, you know, I'm really stressed out. I'm like, who ain't? Yeah. Who's not stressed out? It's how you're choosing to deal with your stress is the problem. Yeah. It's not that you have it. It's how you're choosing to deal with it. Yeah. Why are you dealing with your stress in a, in a way that creates more stress? Mm -hmm. When you eat, when you're stressed and you eat, you create more stress because you're eating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, you're problem, not me add to the problem, right? You're making, yeah, you're creating even more of a stressful situation yeah. because you know you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. So then it's, then the self-loathing comes in and then it's this vicious cycle. Yeah. So, you know, I have a client now that I'm doing that with. I'm like, you know, stop doing that. Yeah. Stop doing it. I didn't. You're the only one, you're the, you're the one stopping your progress. No one else is doing this. Yeah. So from now on, when you have a stressful situation, do it with something that's positive and healthy. Yeah. Go to the gym. When my daughter, when my son's mother left, the first thing I did, I was, I was 25 years old. She took off. I was like, okay, this sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I could either go hang out and party and chase girls like most people do. And two or three months from now, I'll have a drinking problem <laughs> or I can dive into the gym. So I went to the grocery store, to the commissary up in Travis Air Force Base, filled my refrigerator and started hitting the gym. I was in that gym for hours too. Hours. I don't know what the hell I was doing at all those 
but it was better than going to the bar, right? Yeah. And, you know, two, three months later, because I knew either six months from now, I could either have a drinking problem or I could be buffed. I was buffed. So, because I knew eventually I would get over it. I was yeah. like, you're going to get over this. Where do you want to be when you get over this? Yeah. You know, you know, do you? So I was like, go to the gym because when, when you finally get through this, you're going to be in a, you're going to look better than you do right now, which is going to make you feel better than you do right now, which yeah. is going to be more attractive to people that you're trying to talk to. Yeah. So I was 25 when I made that decision. And I, I look at a lot of people. I'm like, dude, I don't know where I came up with that at 25 years old. Yeah. I have no idea where I got that from, but that's exactly what I did. That's huge. That's so huge. I love that you just said that, that I think a lot of people, when they go through those stressful situations and divorce and everything, they want that replacement, right? They want to replace that person so fast, but you went straight to self-development and making yourself better. And I think that's huge. That's a process that I think a lot of people forget that they need after they leave a relationship, especially when they have kids, because you need to become better for them. Exactly. Uh, into this world and you need to make sure that everything you do is for creating a, a, a healthy human who can go out and be a better part of the world. I mean, if you think about if you're if you have a breakup and you're walking around angry, right, and you're not doing healthy things mentally to be in a better mental state, you now are a single parent raising kids with this jacked up mental state. Yeah. How good is that for your kids? Right. Not very good for your kids. Your kids are not going to benefit from this. So a lot of people get so caught up in the, the, the other person and how they feel about the other person. They completely forget that my kids are watching this. Yeah. They're feeling this bad energy coming off me. Like a lot of people, especially women, which is very weird when women talk about intuition, like women have intuition. Everybody has intuition. So stop saying just women. Everyone has it. Women tend to listen to their intuition more. They tend to, all depending on what we're talking about. Yeah. Because this subject is an area that they don't seem to listen to their intuition about. <laughs> For some reason, they they think walking along angry is the, is the, is the answer. Walking along, holding on to things, holding on to their anger, putting their in that in that uh, untethered soul. He talks about stuffing, stuffing your emotions, stuffing your problems. And all it does is get bigger and bigger and redder and more infected and more infected to pretty soon you can't even touch. You ever talk to somebody and you bring up a subject and they go, oh, you don't don't bring that. Don't bring that subject up. Don't bring that up around Billy. Don't bring that up around Sharish. That's a subject that they refuse to deal with. Yeah, they refuse. So now it's sappy. It's red. It's pussy. It's infected. Mm -hmm. And it's infecting your entire soul. And now when you're meeting men, like I never meet the right guy because the right guy smells that infection. Yeah. When he talks to you, he can feel it like, Oh, the right guy. Oh, he crushed. He walked past you many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, looked your, he looked at your Facebook many times and he saw the words you were writing. Exactly. Like sometimes I have, I have friends that write stuff and I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll private message him. Why are you writing that on Facebook? Why are you telling the world what you just wrote? Seriously, I see that all the time. So we have about two minutes left. And what I would like from you, if you were to give a message to other men out there who are single dads trying to make this work for themselves in one minute, what would you say to them? Just uh, everything you do with your kids, make sure you you feel good that you're doing, your, you're making the best decision about for them, not about you, about them. That's it. Just Everything is from the heart and it's for them. You have nothing to do with it. You're an adult. You're going to be fine. Okay. It's them that you don't know where it's going to go. So everything that you do, make sure that you can go to sleep at night doing it. And don't worry about making a mistake because you're going to make them. You're going to make a lot of them. Okay. Like I, I love when people say, like when kids go, well, I don't, I don't, let me make my own mistakes. I'm like, oh, so you think I'm going to save you from all your mistakes you're going to make? I might save you from six of them. <laughs> okay. Out of the thousands of mistakes you're going to make in a lifetime, I might save you from six. Take those six. Okay? <laughs> Take them. And some mistakes you don't want to make. Yeah. Some mistakes you can't come back from. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, my, my son, I'm on a real quick, my son, I have a nephew, his cousin, who 
started messing, dealing with drugs and got good kid, but lost. Didn't want to be home. Didn't like his parents' life. Parents, very religious, very controlling. Wouldn't let him do this. Wouldn't let him do nothing. Finally, him and his sister. His sister gets pregnant at 18, runs away to get married. He starts running the streets, okay? Because they wouldn't let them grow. Wouldn't let them grow. Wouldn't let them breathe. Wow. And he sells drugs, and now and now he has a record, and he can't. He wants to go to the air force. I'm like, well, tell him. Go. He goes, he can't, Dad, because he has a criminal. That's a mistake. He can't. Yeah. There's a lot of jobs he'll never get because of that. Yeah, that's those Sad. are the we don't want him to go through. So I love that message. That was awesome, and I think Thank it's you. cool and just perfect for what I needed. So, um, you guys, happy Father's Day, and learn from what we've talked about and just embrace some of the things in your life and learn, see what, how it can incorporate into your life, I guess. So see you guys. Love you.